Welcome to the East Bay's best podcast, The Capstone Conversation. This is a show that interviews political, government, and community leaders in Alameda, Contra Costa, and Solano counties. We look at what is going on in your city, how are we developing things economically, and where are we going from here? I'm your host, Jared Ash. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are joined by the Honorable Chris Kelly, a council member from the city of Hercules. Uh, Council member Kelly has become a regional force when it comes to transportation uh, throughout Contra Costa County and throughout the East Bay. She has served as chair of the Contra Costa Transit Authority Board of Directors, as well as on a number of uh, smaller and regional connection bus agencies, transit authorities, and whatnot. Uh, and you were first elected nine years ago, is that correct, to the city council? Uh, yeah, in December 2014. Yeah, so you're on your third term. That's uh, correct, yeah. And and we're excited to hear uh, about what Hercules is doing because it is a town that, as I visited and we were just talking about, most people don't know how beautiful it is and, and what's going on in a small town in that part of the county over there. But you guys have great views of the water uh, and a lot of exciting things happening. So my first question is, I gave some brief background, but what else do you want to tell the, the audience about yourself today? Okay, so my name is Chris Kelly. I'm a council member in the city of Hercules. I've served as mayor twice. It's a rotating position in our small city as it is in other cities. And for those who don't know, Hercules is located about 14 miles north of Berkeley. We're next to Pinole along Highway I-80. And we got the name Hercules because we used to be a dynamite factory back in the late 1800s. The city was a company town and it made dynamite for World War I. It didn't start to suburbanize till about 1970s. And then it's grown and we're now about 26,000 people. We're, you know, a middle income community, um, ethnically mixed. And it's a really lovely place to live. As for myself, I moved to Hercules back in 2010. And at that time, the city was about to go bankrupt. They had a recall election. They had a corrupt city manager. And so I just got involved. I'd been a political science major when I was in school at UC Berkeley. So I just started going to council meetings, which I did for four years in a row. And then after that, people convinced me to run. And so here I am a council member now, going into my ninth year. And it's been very interesting, exciting, educational, and it's allowed me to get to know a heck of a lot of people here in Hercules. I love living here. That's great to hear. And that's actually good to hear the history of the town because like every city is evolving with times, but Hercules has had a a very big evolution from a dynamite factory to what it is today, a nice, quiet bedroom community. What? So tell me, within your city, you have something pretty exciting going on that you've been working your whole tenure on um, and and will continue to be a focus of the cities for the next 10 years. Uh, Can you talk to us about the Hercules Transportation Hub and uh, what's going on there? Yeah, so the Hercules Hub is uh, located, it's an area of our city down by uh, the waterfront many years ago, 50, 60 years ago, that's where the dynamite factory was. And about 20 years ago, some housing, single family housing was built. 
But the city also has had a plan to bring in multifamily housing, which we're doing now with the Canadian developer Ledcor, and to develop our Hercules hub, which is walkable with bus, train, the Capitol Corridor stopping, and hopefully the ferry. So three modes of transportation located next to uh, multifamily housing of up to 1,400 units, and then some other single-family home neighborhoods in the area. So that's pretty exciting. And right now we are in the process of um, trying to uh, get enough funding, about $12 million total, uh, to finish our complete design. We've been through all the environmental uh, review and so forth, but uh, we've got the backing of the Capitol Corridor, and we've just gotten uh, $2.4 million from a transit intercity rail grant from uh, the state of California, and we've got an application in for a federal grant. So if we can get that $12 million, then we can completely finish the design, and we will be what's called shovel-ready, which means when that happens, we can go out and construct. And to build the train station will probably take about $100 million total, depending on when we do that. And once we build the train stop, then we will have access to the other side of uh, the railroad tracks, which run right along the bayfront. And then we would hopefully get the ferry because we could have access out there and access out to the Hercules Point um, where the ferry could come in. We've already got bus service here now. So I'm just going around and making people aware of and getting folks interested in the Hercules Hub. And we've had uh, a number of officials from MTC, from WITA, the ferry, from a whole bunch of housing people. And when they come here, they say, oh, my gosh, I never knew that this existed. This is gorgeous. This is beautiful. You folks are actually building housing and with transportation. A lot of people talk about it, but we're actually going to do it. So I'm really excited about this. And that's great. And you sent me a, a good video earlier today about that. And we will put that in the show notes. It's a short video. It gives you some good images of what they're doing there. So I'll encourage listeners to go check that out. So I love it. Do you have water, land, rail in the plans, but you're a hundred million dollars short after you get the 12 million. Right. So that's a, a big round number. How do you get to that? First, we get the money for design. And then when we do that and we start to go through design and become shovel ready, then our consultants will help us go after um, actual grants for construction. And there are a number of grants that they have identified, federal grants, some state grants. And of course, the city will also supply some money for that. So it's just kind of piecing everything together. I've spoken with our congressperson, John Garamendi, also with Congressman Mark Desagne, Congressman Mike Thompson. Assemblymember Buffy Wicks, State Senator Nancy Skinner, they're all on board and they're very helpful for us, as is Contra Costa Transportation Authority. They've already given us some money for this. And I have to say that several officials from MTC have come out and they're very excited and supported. So it's just a matter of working on that. But once we're shovel ready, um, then that will be a huge move forward. And do you... Talk about the economic impacts of this vision. It will help with the multifamily, but talk about job creation, part one, and then part two, how it benefits the residents of Hercules. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if we can have the train, the ferry, and 
the bus here, then that will allow people to get out of their cars and to use other forms of transportation, either to commute to the city, uh, down the East Bay, up to Sacramento, or all over all over San Francisco, almost anywhere. And it's a real attraction. We don't have a heck of a lot of jobs here in Hercules. We're mostly a suburban community, and we're not going to be attracting a lot of sh shopping for hard goods. I think that's true for a lot of cities now. A lot of people buy things online, so we're not looking to do that. We're we want to create a place where we we have some some job centers, and we do have a, a real anchor business here. That's BioRad. They make medical devices and testing equipment. They've been headquartered in our town for about thirty years, and they're growing. So a number of their staff do live here. People come in from the outside to to work at BioRad. So with advanced transportation, we might be able to get more of those people here. And then it's just a lovely place for people to come and to live. Like I said, we're only 14 miles north of Berkeley. So my husband and I, we used to live in Berkeley. We can go into Berkeley, see old friends, go out to dinner. I used to work at Berkeley right next to the university. And so it makes Hercules a very attractive place. Yeah, that's, that's exciting stuff to happen. So past the transportation what are some of the biggest challenges that the city's facing ahead of them? In terms of transportation, we've been a car-centered community, but we do have, we've got bus now, we've got others. other In forms. city government overall, what are some of the challenges that a small city might be facing that maybe a large city isn't? Or what are some other obstacles that your city is saying, wow, if we could build a new park, if we had new money to upgrade um, our streetlights, just wondering what else might the city be focused on as a challenge or something else they're doing to innovate. That's crazy. Okay, so Hercules is what's called a low property tax city. And that means that we get a very small amount of property tax from every dollar that people pay. We only get about 5%, whereas other cities get a lot of money. Richmond might get about 25 cents on the dollar. We get 5 cents. Pinole probably gets 18 and so we have to be very careful with our dollars. We're always looking to spend wisely. We have a very small staff, a very dedicated staff, but we can't go out and do a lot of the marketing and economic development that bigger cities can do because we just don't have the bodies, the wherewithal people to help us. So we watch what we can spend. We have recently set up um, uh, a capital improvement plan, a parks master plan, and we're laying out over a five to 10 year period, different goals that we have for those areas and real and establishing realistic um, uh, expectations for each year that it goes by. Well, so right now we're working on some tree work. We have a business attraction program for uh, restaurants or maybe breweries. We're bringing out a program right now. We're allocating $100,000 of no more than 25,000 each to a possible uh, restaurant or wine or beer bar to come to our town and uh, set up shop. And our community development director is actively working on that. That's great. That's There's not a lot of cities in the Bay Area that have tools in their toolbox to actually attract businesses. They talk about wanting them, but for you guys to actually put together a program to bring them in that offers a in financial incentive, helps do it. I mean, the build cost 
restaurants, bars is very expensive. And I was actually just talking to a retail consultant and they were saying one of the biggest problems with the multi-use space is that the cities want to leave the first floor as storefront space. Developers make more of their money on housing. And so the retail space is coming up short, literally because in the ceiling, their retailers want two to four feet above a normal size, like apartment level floor. And there's a gap in that. So as you're building uh, some of that multifamily and looking to do that, I would circle back and look at those height requirements. Well, that's interesting because one of our uh, newest buildings down by the waterfront called the Exchange, it's got about 144 units up above and the lower floor is for retail. The ceilings there are pretty darn high. So that's an advantage. But as you point out, for a restaurant to come in and to build it out, there's absolutely nothing in there now. It's just a shell. I mean, that could cost $100,000 if you put in a kitchen and all of the ductwork and so forth. So unless somebody's got a, a great deal of money, it's it's going to be very expensive. But that could be broken up into smaller units. So maybe we'd get a coffee shop. Maybe we'd get a small restaurant. Maybe we'd get a tap room and there's some food trucks nearby. We're trying to be creative about that and wanting to attract people. And I'm sure that once the first one comes in, everybody in town will flood to it. Yeah. Well, it's a, as we were talking about, it's a good location there on the waterfront. And so if you add in the transportation and make a nice walkable community, I, what I like hearing from you is the city has a nice master plan, right? Where you want to go, what you want to attract. And that's good because it all sort of comes together. You talked about a parks master plan that you guys are working on. Any more details on that you could, you want to share? Uh, well, not yet. I mean, we're just, our city manager, Dante Hall, brought this up and he said, in the past, when we didn't have a lot of money. We would just kind of fix things here and there, but it's gotten to the point where we're really financially stable now. We've actually won awards for getting all of our financials in on time. So we wanted to look at all of the parks and see what we can do. And it's going to be fairly modest at first, but we have a steering committee. Uh, we brought in a consultant to help us to interview the council, the staff, residents, and find out what they want. And so that's in the works right now. There'll be a lot of repairs at first. They're also doing right now uh, some tree work. In one of our major parks, uh, Refugio, we have a lot of these eucalyptus trees that were planted a long time ago, and they've reached the end of their natural life, and they're dropping branches. So we're going out and doing some tree work there, probably be replanting some trees. So, I mean, basically stay tuned. One thing that I would love to have, and everybody knows this, years ago, I was able to bring in one basketball hoop in Duck Pond Park, and that's been really popular. And I'd love on my side of the freeway, which is the water side of the freeway, to get another basketball hoop or two because kids and their parents go out and play there all the time. So it's just a matter of finding the space and uh, creating the area where you won't drive the neighbors crazy with the bouncing ball. But just give, give these young people uh, something to do, some exercise. Well, and if you have two, they got to run further in between versus one, right? Yeah, that's true. We do have lots of trails. The Bay Trail goes through Hercules. There are lots of walking trails. People are jogging. 
um, and going on all of these trails all the time. And do they, the Bay Trail connects all the way around now? For a while, there were some gaps. Uh, through Hercules, yeah. So from Rodeo, and that was part of our Hercules hub. So we completed uh, both sides of extending the Bay Trail through Hercules. So it goes all the way from Rodeo down through Hercules by our Hercules hub and then over to our border with Padol. That's great. Makes a big attraction point for the city and to get out there and get the fresh air. Let's come back to transportation because mm -hmm. you have a large background in working with uh, transit agencies throughout the county and the region. What do you see as uh, the biggest challenge going forward with regional transportation? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Right now, we don't have any more large signature projects like expanding the Caldecott Tunnel. And it's very hard to ex add more lanes to the freeway, freeways, uh, I-80, 680, and Highway 4. Folks would like it, but there's just no room to move. And also the state says, hey, you have too many vehicle miles traveled. So we have to think about other ways for people to get around. So one of the things we're looking at is increasing our transit for average folks, for kids, for seniors, and developing something called shared mobility hubs where you could go from where you live to a mobility hub, hop on a train, a bus, and so forth. Now, the question is, how do you get to the mobility hub? And we're always looking at what's called the first mile, last mile problem. And if we can find ways to get people moving without being in their cars, that would really be great. So right now, uh, Contra Costa Transportation Authority has a pilot on shared autonomous vehicles. And these are vehicles that would just run like little, you know, maybe a one mile circle loop to get me from where I live to over a mobility hub or possibly a shopping center. And we're running a, a shuttle now, a shared autonomous vehicle pilot out at Bishop Ranch in San Ramon. And that goes around. It's open to the public. You can ride on it Monday through Friday, 730 to five. It's called Ride Presto. There is a safety driver on board, but you know, eventually. When all of these technologies uh, become really advanced, there it'll be at level four, and then there won't be drivers on board. You can just call up on uh, Presto on your phone and go and hop on, and it'll take you to where you want to go. I want to say that if this happens, we are not going to be taking away bus driver jobs. All across the country, bus drivers are in high demand. There's a huge shortage. There's a huge shortage of truck drivers. And so our goal with the shared autonomous vehicles is to just solve what we call that first mile, last mile problem. Getting a vehicle that'll take you around in a loop. That's great. Uh, love to see that deployed in places. I've gotten to tour the one at, at Bishop Branch uh, a couple times, and uh, it's it just makes it a little bit easier to get around a, a bigger area, right? Get out a little for lunch or for a quick errand in the middle of the day and not have to get in your car to be able to do that. Yeah. If you just want a quick hop. And if you're like me, I'm an older person now. I'm a little scared to ride on busy streets on a bicycle. So if I could just call up a shared autonomous vehicle and, and get to where I need to go, that would be great. We're also going to be doing a demonstration out at the Rossmore Senior Center and then over at the County Hospital in Martinez. So Shared mobility hubs, transit, these are really things that are exciting. And I think 
When we at Contra Costa Transportation Authority have done events recently in different communities and we've brought sort of a demonstration shared autonomous vehicle there, people are really excited about it. And uh, their first question is, hey, when is it coming to my city? And the next question is, hey, how much is it going to cost me to ride it? So I can't tell you right now because it's just a pilot, but we're really looking to innovate. And when Contra Costa County, a lot of people are getting older. They're not going to be driving cars. And so we have to look at different creative ways to meet their transportation needs. Great. That's, that's actually helpful. Let's talk. I love talking about the goal of getting more people on public transportation. COVID changed that partly because mm-hmm. particularly here in the Bay Area, people aren't commuting as much for work. How do you, how do agencies go back and encourage people to take public transportation in the way that we're talking about, right? You get on, even on the autonomous shuttle bus, you're putting five, 10 people on it at a time. Westcat, the regional bus service out in the west part of the county. Yeah. How do they get riders to just go do their errands on it, go to the library on it, go meet a friend at, at a restaurant on it? Uh, any suggestions or thoughts related to that? Yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's education. And as right now, people are not, um, unless you have to be uh, in person uh, for your job. If you're a nurse, if you're a physical therapist, if you are a mechanic, yeah, then you have to be in person for your job. For, for a lot of knowledge workers, office workers, people aren't commuting all the time. So there are opportunities for them to move around on transit when they're not working or going far distances. And we have to make it enticing. So one thing, like I mentioned, is you could call up these different kinds of shuttles on your phone. Another thing, we were just discussing this at the Westcat bus meeting last night, is Westcat's now going to have an app that will show you real-time arrivals and departures. So in the past, it's like I might look at my schedule and say, hey, the bus arrives at my corner a quarter mile away at 8.10. And then I went up there and it's delayed forever. But if I can see the bus coming, I can time it. People want that. The other thing is, another thing that we're going to be doing on I-680 and hopefully eventually on I-80, we're all talking about this, is part-time transit lanes or bus on shoulder. So when the traffic really slows down like crazy, the idea is that we would be running buses on the shoulder um, during those particular times, maybe going 40, 45 miles an hour. And if I'm sitting in my car only going five or 10 miles an hour, I might think, hey, I could just hop on this bus and I could get to where I want to go much faster. You have to show people that it's reasonable, it's, it's, it's quick, it's easy to use. And I think we have to show people that there are different modes. You could take your bike, you can go on the bus, or you could go on the BART. You could ride a scooter. You could use several different kinds of modes. And it's really pretty easy. I think it's, uh, a process of education, and it's going to take several years for sure. Oh, that's great. So I want to come back to the city of Hercules, and you've got a couple of events coming up there that we we had sent. One is the National Night Out in Hercules. You've got, and then you've got a Bayfront Festival and and run coming up. Any details on those you want to share? Just that on uh, National Night Out, which is August 1st, it's a very popular event. Uh, people just come together and congregate. And uh, I will say that Contra Costa Transportation Authority will be there with the shared autonomous vehicle 
um, as part of the demo. So folks can come and take a look at that. And then with the, uh, the Bayfront run and the festival, that's really popular in, in the fall. You can come down, see our waterfront. There'll be food trucks. There'll be activities. And it's a way for the community to come together and for people who live outside to come and see what we're all about. So come on down. Awesome. That is great. We will put those in the show notes and link to the flyers for those. Anything else you want to share with us? Something you do in your free time, a good book recommendation? And then I'll ask our, our last question from there, which is easy. Okay. Well, I guess I'm mostly retired right now. I still do a little bit of work for my former employer that for my day job, but I spend a lot of time working on different city events and going and meeting people and networking with folks and talking about transportation and housing and clean air vehicles and all the things that are facing us. But when I'm at home, um, my husband and I like to do gardening, work out in our backyard. We take the cat out on a leash and she runs around and we grow vegetables and we grow flowers and it's just really lovely. So that's pretty much what I do then. As far as book recommendations, I'll give you two, and they're very different books. One is a novel that I read recently called Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson. It's kind of a mystery story set in Great Britain. She's a superb writer, and for anybody who's looking for a good novel, that's a, a wonderful one. And then the other book that I've been reading, which is nonfiction, is called How the World Really Works by Vaclav Schmil. And uh, this book is also recommended by Bill Gates. Vaclav Schmil is a, a researcher. He's close to 80, I think, lives in Canada. And it just talks about how the world uh, really operates. He's a scientist. And uh, the gist of what he says is it's great that we're going to be moving to get off fossil fuels. And we should all definitely do that. But we do have various needs for petroleum right now. And we will have some for the near future. So he's just explaining to us the average person, how things really uh, operate in the world. So that's highly recommended. Yeah, I actually have that one on my Audible list. It is downloaded, but it is like 15 in my queues. Oh, I am curious. I saw that on Bill Gates notes, but that's good to hear somebody I know actually yeah. recommend it. And then our last question is, how can our listeners uh, learn more about you and follow you? Do you have social media handles or what's the best way? I'm on Facebook and all that kind of thing. But go to the city's you, website. Yeah, you can go to the city's website and you can see me at the, the council meetings talking. If you like me, you can contact me. My email is c-k-e-l-l-e-y at hercules.ca.us. So you can find me there. We will also be linking to those two books in the show notes. And we'll put in your email into the notes as well. So people can reach out if they have any further questions. We really appreciate your time, Councilwoman Kelly. Uh, this has been great to talk to you and learn more about uh, your city and everything going on there. Well, great. Thank you. And it's been wonderful to speak with you too, Jared. like to thank our sponsors, Capstone Government Affairs and Economic Development, a firm where I serve as managing partner. For more information, check us out at www.capstonegov.com and follow us on LinkedIn by typing in Capstone Government. 
Thank you for listening to today's show. Check out the show notes and for a full transcript, visit our website, www.capstonegov.com and follow us on LinkedIn by typing in Capstone Government or you can find me, your host, Jared Nash.